Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's up? Nothing much. Just enjoying spring break. The Bulls got another win last night, which puts them at two in a row. And um, just uh, saw some news that said that we had an, um, a superstar on our team already. Besides... <laughs> Besides um, Zach, so that's that's always good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> must be talking about Thagic Johnson. Yeah, he's putting up numbers that um, are in the ranks of LeBron James as the only player, only two players have averaged, um, have played 999 games and averaged 13 points, 5.8 rebounds, uh, 1.4 assists, and a shot over 50% from two and 33% from three. So you got LeBron James, that other guy, and Thad. So that, that's always good to hear. But it does not take away my thought that the Bulls don't need to upgrade at center. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've got a superstar at center now. He'll <laughs> be playing his uh, thousand games tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, context is always important. <laughs> but um yeah, I I can't believe it's like we're in year 3 and now we're just coming to the realization that Wendell Carter is a backup in this league, which is um been pretty disappointing to come to that conclusion. Yeah, I would definitely agree that it's definitely been disappointing because we thought that, you know, Wendell would be our starting big man. Yeah, um, and it's like with him playing, like he's he he's been thriving in the past two games, but this has been against like the backups. And really the backups of the backups. So it's not even something that I can like take and say, oh, this is productive uh, as far as seeing what his role is going forward with this team. I mean, um, like him performing the way he is right now in the situation he is, he's in, it's like if you were to like take your report card home and like, be very proud and show your parents that you got a B in PE. You know, it's like, are you really supposed to be proud of that? <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Other than the fact that, um, you know, obviously the Bulls need some kind of uh, contribution out of him. And I think that he probably, with his fragile, fragile, um, like his his psyche, basically. Like if he had been the only one benched, I think that he probably wouldn't have come back from that. I think it was an easier pill for them to, uh, for him to swallow with um, Kobe coming off the bench as well. But yeah, it's it's pretty sad that this is where we're at right now with him. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. You know, they they put Kobe on the bench 
just kind of like not hurt Wendell's feelings. Like, do you, you think Kobe deserved to be benched? <sighs> well, see, this really this is a byproduct of a move that the team did last year, which was bad and and not starting Kobe from the beginning, so that we would know what we had going into the year. Like we don't we didn't have an understanding of what he could bring to the team as far as playing with the starters. I think that if he had been given that opportunity to at least play with um, with Zach, we would have seen a little bit better showing than what we've seen from Kobe this year, even though Kobe has some pretty solid numbers. Um, but again, that evaluation process, it kind of, you know, it took a back seat. And with him right now, like you're going to see like with, like um, their point guard now, Sato, he, he, you can tell he's a veteran presence out there. He knows how to make plays. He knows how to get other teammates involved. But, you know, it, I don't think that he's that much more of an upgrade over Kobe in the sense of he really doesn't provide you much of any type of scoring on a consistent basis. And I know that, you know, he's had a couple of, of pretty solid games, but We've seen from Sato in the past that his production as a lead guard is not something that's sustainable. Um, granted, it has come with them winning two games in a row, but it's been against lesser tier teams. So I don't really know if Kobe should have been benched um, at this point in the in the year, like. I think if they were going to do something like that, that that's something that they should have probably thought about maybe a little bit earlier in the season, as opposed to now this is the midway point, and now Kobe's been taken back to where he was last year, and we still don't have an understanding of is he the, the guy who's going to be the lead guard going forward. So as far as development goes, I, I really don't think that that was the best situation of how to handle um, Wendell Carter, whose father for <laughs> whose father went on a tirade and said that he needs a better point guard play, and he's still not getting better point guard play coming <laughs> with Kobe coming off the bench. So you know, it's just I don't think it's the the best situation that um, Kobe is finding himself in. But yes, Wendell needed to be benched. I don't <laughs> think that Kobe necessarily to deserve that. I, I thought it was just to cushion his ego, in my opinion. You talking about, um, you know, development. Billy Donovan said, you know, the best way for these guys to develop is to learn how to win and sacrifice comes with winning. You know, he said, you know, developing the guy isn't necessarily just you know, throwing them out there and letting them play through all their mistakes. So, you know, Wendell himself said, you know, if he was the coach, he would he would bench himself. That's how he took it after, you know, the benching. And, you know, he's, like you said, he's played better in the last two wins, but it's come against reserves. Yeah. And... 
you know, it wasn't really against any top tire talent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't really know. Like, as far as like Kobe being benched, I mean, look, let, be honest, Kobe's still going to get like close to thirty minutes per game, so he's not really, and he's going to close at the end of game. So it's not like he's really getting benched. Um, you're just seeing him like take that another guy off of the starting unit, and you know, instead of. Carter, like, just internalizing everything. He can see, okay, maybe I can come back with Kobe and, you know, provide some energy off the bench. But, you know, this is, like, it, it's funny. Like, you know, coaches will play these mind games. I used to play these mind games with my students all the time. Like, I, if, like, the, the class was failing, or not necessarily failing, but didn't necessarily do well on a particular test. I would always go and bark at my my um, higher performing students who typically got A's on the test, A's and B's on the test. And I'd always be on them like, you got to give me more. You, you guys aren't holding up your end of the deal with helping out this class. But they were in on it because, you know, I had something set up with them where like I would argue with them in front of the class and then like it was a deal where I told them that I was going to do that. And then like at the end of the week, I had a goodie bag that they can go in and get whatever it is they wanted to. The class never knew about it, but it was like kind of a deal that I had with my, my performing students because it let the underperforming students see that, Hey, if Mr. Butler is going to yell at the top kids, then, you know, if he's yelling at me, he probably thinks that I'm one of the top kids. He probably thinks that, I can do better. So let me try and do better. But, you know, it's, it's mind games like that, that it does help push like a team moving forward. Who's very young and needs to come up with wins. But I don't necessarily think that this um, with Wendell with him, like he, he basically just needed a push <laughs> and we've been, we've been expecting more out of him and he hasn't lived up to it. So he needed to have some kind of push. He needed to have an understanding that, you know, you can be an important part of this team by just giving more effort, running the floor, um, you know, realizing that if you have a guy whose name is Ayers, you know, you should be able to beat that center off the dribble, <laughs> who has been like a backup center, like most of his or a journeyman, really, most of his years in the NBA. So, yeah, I just, I think, in my opinion, I think the Bulls know that they are probably not going to move forward with Wendell Carter going forward, but they need to get something out of him. If not for trade capabilities, if for the pure um, aspect of we need some kind of production out of that position, and we don't have any other guys who we can really rely on other than Thad. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to, to think that Wendell can really overcome this, and this is where you're going to see some type of shot in him. But I think overall, like, people getting excited because he's putting up close to a double-double off the bench, I think that that needs to be tempered. <laughs> So you you think Billy um, pulled Kobe aside and said, "Hey, look, we gotta get a window going." So I'm gonna send you to the bench with him, and you know after then the week, uh, you can go in the goodie bag. 
<laughs> and get a reward. <laughs> well, it it's it'll be pretty telling if you see Kobe White out there with the starters during crunch time. Which you you know, you've seen him throughout the year, like throughout his time, even like people saying that he's you know, you want to see some kind of development out there. Kobe's been with the rest of the starters. It's not like, you know, he's set aside and like we've watched um we've watched Donovan like set aside Patrick Williams for instance in some key moments. But Kobe's been there and a majority of the final minutes for this team this whole entire year. So I don't really think he's hiding the fact that they believe that Kobe can eventually evolve into that position as the lead guard. Because if you look at the minutes that he's playing coming off the bench, you know, it's not like he's missing a whole bunch of time. It's not like he's only playing like 20 minutes per game and just providing you some Denzel Valentine uh, energy off the bench. It's, you know, he's still a big part of what that team is trying to accomplish going forward. So, Right. And as you said, um, you know, Wendell's father, Wendell Carter Sr., you know, he said that the Bulls needed a, a true point guard. And this is somebody like Chris Paul. And do you list Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. I know he like was ranting and raving about a, a few other NBA players. I I remember Chris Paul, but I didn't remember Donovan Mitchell, who isn't a point guard <laughs> by any means. Yeah, I remember him listing somebody, and I'm like, but that's he's not a true point guard. He, he's he's a scorer. <laughs> I, I want to say it was Mitchell. It was it was somebody where you're like, he's not a true point guard. But either way, you know, some some uh, fans responded, well, the Bulls need a true center. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's funny because, like, with all of this positionless basketball, like, there's not, like, I don't think that there are any more true point guards in the league other than Chris Paul who are, like, you know, just overtly making – their teammates better or finding them with their their passes like I don't see any like you look at the top point guards in the league they're all have a a shoot first mentality so I don't know who he's talking about as far as you know what what point guard he's looking at I don't remember Denzel not Denzel but Wendell um, having an elite point guard with him when he was playing at Duke so I don't I don't know what his dad is talking about and you know usually when you see parents who are coming out to their their child's um defense when your child is like past 20 years old the majority of the time they're coming out because they don't feel like that individual at that time can really handle the pressure and this just kind of goes back to what Wendell's psyche is because you know, he didn't do anything to squash anything that his dad said. It was just like, it just was said, and then everybody just kind of moved on from it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just pretty interesting that what we've seen from Wendell is basically what we've come to appreciate the past two years in the league. He's too busy in his own head, 
And if he makes a bad play, it just like crushes him for the rest of the game. And it will extend for a couple of games throughout the week. So this is nothing new. It's just something that I think that Bulls fans and the management have come to accept. And I think management is probably going to be moving on from him either at the trade deadline or next year. Yeah, the thing is, who would the Bulls trade for to fill that spot? You know, last pod, you made a case for Andre Drummond. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm not coming <laughs> off of that, too, considering what he's been able to do without playing with. I know you mentioned Darius Garland as a <laughs> a player that he's had the fortune of, of playing with, but yeah, I don't see like a guy like that who puts up those numbers. So I, I know you weren't a big fan of Drummond, but I when I look at a big man who's able to have a high player efficiency rating, who's able to put up really solid numbers, not just solid numbers, but just all-star level numbers, who doesn't have a quality starting point guard next to him, doesn't have any quality shooters next to him, basically has to impact the game on his own. I think if a guy like that is available and you're a team like the Bulls, I think you go out and, and make a pitch for him. Um, yeah, I still not on the drummer train. Um, somebody I would like to try to get that could fill that center role um, is Nikola Vukovic. Yeah, see, I I thought about him, and obviously, I, like I would I would take Vukovic over. Um... Drummond, the, the thing is, I don't know if the uh, Magic are are going to just say, well, this guy is no longer part of our, our future plans moving forward, even though I know that team has had a lot of injuries and they made the playoffs um, before with him, but they were missing Jonathan Isaac. Um, so I don't know like what direction the Magic are planning on going in. Plus, you know, um, that contract, I don't like who, what could the Bulls give up to match up that contract that the Magic would also be interested in as well? Plus, you, you uh, think they'd be sending over a first round draft pick with whatever, whatever they get. Yeah, well, uh, they had a report saying that the Magic were willing to trade him. Um, the, the pretty much the Magic are pretty much going into a tank mode, it seems. Um, I say you send them Wendell, um, <laughs> send them a first-round pick, maybe send, I don't know, some somebody else that can... Denzel, maybe? I don't know. I just I mean, feel like... Possibly they might be interested in that. Like, you know, if you had, like, Carter and Jonathan Isaac paired with each other, I think that that would be a, a great 
defensive um, front court that you could put together. But um, I'm just like wondering what who else could the Bulls offer unless they're just offering um, Otto Porter's expiring contract. Get him out of here. <laughs> Otto. <laughs> Take him. <laughs> They had Felicio's expiring too. <laughs> I, I just feel like, you know, Vucevic would compliment Billy's style of play better. You have him and Laurie Marketing out there together with Zach Levine. It's just like a ton of space because you have to respect. Vucevic going out to three-point line, you know, that kind of opens up all type of lanes for Zach or Patrick Williams. It, it just seems to me like the Bulls need to call and say, hey, we got these two expiring contracts. You can have Wendell Carter, maybe throw a pick in to sweeten it, but I, I see that working out better than Andre Drummond's. Why do you hate Drummond so much? Even though I'm <laughs> I'm I'm much better sold on Vucevic than I am on Drummond, but uh, why do you hate Drummond so much? That's why I don't understand. I don't hate Drummond. Yes, you do. I, I, I would just rather have Vucevic. <laughs> okay, if you if you're gonna like say it like that, okay, then definitely I can understand what you mean by that. But the the Bulls need to do something like to. They need to get someone to pair up with um, Zach Levine. And I know, like, you know, people are looking at Zach Levine and saying, like, he's, he's, um, you know, he, he, this is his, his first real year of blossoming into what the team thought that he could be as far as being a defensive player as well as being, like, a pure scorer. But they need to have somebody that fits with Zach's timeline like his age and I do think one good thing that can come from adding Vucevic is I think that his style of play could age well as Zach continues to you know um, keep putting up these insane um, stats that he's been putting up like I think that that would age a lot better with Zach Levine than um, having a guy like Andre Drummond yeah, I, I just think it that gives so much space and it makes it easier. And you know, we you've seen how Zach's been scoring. Um, Laurie, when he's been out there, he's been averaging what 20 over 20 a game. Yep, and that's without anybody you know down low that's gonna you know receive focus. I mean. I don't think people are really worried about guarding Wendell Carter Jr. when he's out there. So if you have somebody where you know that he can pop out to the three-point line, he can play down low, it, it, it just gives a better flow to that offense and provides a lot more spacing than, you know, somebody like Drummond who – He's not going to go outside to the three-point line. You know he's just going to stay down there. Yeah, yeah, I get the point that you're trying to make. 
It's well taken. I do think that if they had some guy like uh, Vucevic, I think it would make a lot of stuff a lot easier for um, um, for Kobe to be able to operate as well. When you have guys who are veterans and can knock down shots, I think that that would more more than add to the assist numbers that he's putting up this year, which is a respectable five assists per game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I just think, you know, everything would flow. Everybody would – it would be so much, you know, space and so many weapons out there all at the same time. So I heard you mention Lori's name. So you're on the bandwagon of uh, keeping Lori? Hey, did you see that duck? <laughs> <laughs> If Lori's going to play like that, yes, I will keep Lori. <laughs> that is what we thought Lori would be. <laughs> At least that's what I thought Lori would be. Like, so many people are pointing to the fact of, well, he's not shooting. Like, he didn't have, he's not having, like, the best games from three, even though if I'm looking at his stats, like, he's shooting a career best from three this year. So I, I think that people have been hating on Lori just because, you know, of something that he can't really control, which has been the injuries. It's just been abnormal injuries that have popped up. But, um, you know, I was always a big fan of Lori. I, I hope the Bulls can find a way to keep him going. It's not like you have that many more options at the power forward position that are going to average close to 20 points per game and seven rebounds. I just, you know, who else is out there? And not anybody else, you know, worth going to get and letting Laurie go. Yeah. Then I've heard people saying, well, you know, it would be a lot easier for um, Patrick Williams to move over to the four. And I'm like, I don't think that he's best as a four. I think that he's best being a three. I think with his with his skill level, it's not quite where like you want it to be for a three and D guy, but I think that his game will continue to mature uh, playing with, you know, um, Lori, Lori Markinen. And if the bulls were to be able to pull off a team, pull off a trade for, um, for Vucevic. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't see Patrick Williams as a four, especially not not right now at this moment. Yeah, I don't know why people talk about like him being the ideal four for the Bulls moving forward. It's just kind of just like weird. And when when you're assessing like what positions that he's able to guard and just seeing the flashes that he's shown uh, while playing the three position, that's not something that I would necessarily mess with anytime in the future. Mm, uh, definitely not. Oh. Yeah, I, I say, you know, you keep Laurie at the four and P. Will at the three and you go from there. Um, because I, I don't know why people are really 
you know, concerned about paying these guys money, um, like with Laurie with the extension. And there, there's a report that's come out that's saying, you know, if Zach makes all NBA, he's eligible for like a super max extension. And it's like, there's really no <laughs> superstar big time free agents that are coming up because the guys have already decided to stay where they're at. There's nobody out there that you're going to find that's better than Zach or Laurie. So I'm not understanding why Bulls fans are like, uh, I don't know if they should pay him and all of that hoopla going into that. Yeah, I, I think it's really like underappreciating what kind of player that Levine has turned himself into. And I, I like really think that people need to focus on the hard work that he has has gone through to get to this point in his career. Like, you know, the guy wasn't a starter in college. He wasn't a starter coming into the league. Um, he has been overlooked with the, uh, the Timberwolves, even thinking more highly of Wiggins than keeping a hold of Levine. Uh, the guy went through a traumatic injury that uh, usually, like, a lot of these guys, they don't they don't quite bounce back um, as far as being the same player that they were before these ACL injuries. And um, to see where he is right now, like I, I saw some stat that said that there's only two players who have averaged 28 per, uh, points per game and shot above 57 percent on two. That's. Um, well, actually, I should say three players. That's Shaquille O'Neal, Giannis, and Zach. Um, that's pretty incredible seeing how Zach is a perimeter <laughs> player. So <laughs> I, I don't know what it is that people don't see. Like, And also the fact that he's become so much better defensively, so much better awareness on that side of the ball. Um like who out of the the superstars who are playing right now play both defense and offense and score on offense uh, with such ability that Zach has? Like Harden doesn't play any defense. Um, I don't know any. Like who who's playing defense? Like <laughs> LeBron James decides he's going to play defense in the playoffs. So I don't I don't know who else is playing defense really. Um, that is, you know, one of your superstar talents besides Giannis. Like even, uh, um, the uh, Denver center, um, which I don't know why it's his name is escaping my mind right now. Yeah, the Joker. The Joker. Jokic. It's not like he's known for his defensive prowess. He's he gets you know a ton of rebounds. He scores a lot. He gets a ton of assists, but it's not like he's like the next coming of the Dikembe Mutombo out there. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is that a lot of these people are talking about as far as, you know, they're just they're not really valuing what the Bulls, what the uh, Levine brings to this team. I mean, this guy put up forty points in three quarters last night and missed five shots total of that game. He went 15 to 20. Yeah. 7 of 12 from the three-point line. 
I mean, you're not going to find anybody out there that's going to give you better production than Zach. Um, you know, he, he has one of the most team-friendly contracts in the NBA today. Pay that man. Yeah. He deserves it. I mean, it's not our money. Right. <laughs> People act like it's their money. I don't know if we should extend him and give him the max because I don't know. that That's too much money for him. What are we going to do further down the line? Woo-hoo. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, you have a ton of NBA players who have gotten paid max money and have not produced like Zach has produced. Like, I don't know. Like, let's say the Bulls don't give him a max contract and he goes somewhere else. Who, who are you going to be bringing in to replace uh, the the impact that he has on this team on a nightly basis? Like, you know the ball is going to be going to Zach every single time. It hasn't been consistent by any means from anyone else on this team. So, like, defenses are throwing all kinds of different uh, strategies at him, and he's still putting up these points – and also, he doesn't dominate the ball. It's not like Zach will dribble the ball for like 18, 19 seconds at a time. He's scoring it within the flow of the offense, which is pretty scary Like what he can do if they actually start to make some additions at that center position, like adding a Vucevic. Right. Uh, you're not going to find no. anybody. <laughs> It's just not going to happen. See, um, Stephen A. Smith was saying, you know, uh, allow him to dream that Zach Levine would have would join the Knicks. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, we're not letting you dream that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, if the Bulls, if not the Bulls, but the the um, Knicks did that, like for sure, they'd be like a fifty win team. Um, cause you, if you add Zach Levine and like another shooter, um, to the, what that team has to offer, like it, the sky would be the limit moving forward for that team. But yeah, I, I don't see the bulls letting Zach go at all. I think that they've, they've come to that decision that, Hey, we have two guys who are untouchables and it's Zach and P Williams moving forward. Everybody else can be replaced. Except for apparently Thad. <laughs> I mean, Th- Thad needs to be there, so you, you got to make Thad untouchable as well. <laughs> Which is funny, like, coming into, like, this year, as far as what Thad was producing from last year, um, it's like light years away from what we saw from last year, which it just goes back to show you coaching does matter. And Jim Boylan was, yes, he was. a horrible coach. <laughs> but at least they had the sense to identify bringing on a guy like that um, last year. I mean, that's all the credit I can really give for the previous regime. Um <laughs> And that and the fact that I, I think it's safe to say that they did get a fair a fair deal for getting rid of Jimmy Butler. I thought they got more than a fair deal. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that because of the way that Zach has been playing. He, just Zach alone kind of tilts that yeah. trade in our favor. Especially after the symbols, you know, didn't work out with Jimmy. <laughs> it's crazy how, like, so many, like, so many teams, bad teams, have had, like, a bunch of good players on their team, but they just can't get it together. Um, And it's like, are we seeing that in um, New Orleans with the Pelicans? Like, the Pelicans, <laughs> I was watching that game, and I was like, oh, let me go to sleep. Um, Blazers not going to come back from this. <laughs> and then, yeah, to watch them lose like they did with Dame Lillard scoring 50 points or over 50. I, I couldn't even remember how many points that he scored. Like, I, I think, like, the Pelicans are on that level where they're becoming the new Bulls. The Bulls of last year, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, that was last year was just not a good year. But yeah, Dame, <laughs> Dame, Dame gave him fifty. Yeah, that's he gave him fifty, <laughs> and I, 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 I just don't know about the Pelicans. Um, you had Zion Williamson and. Ingram, uh, I don't know. It, it seems like whoever is coaching the Pelicans wants Ingram to be their best player so bad. Yeah, like it's amazing how many but, shots he he gets to take throughout the game. Whereas if it were me, I would just put the ball in, in Zion's hand like every single time. Even Zion had a chance to win that game last night um, from the um, – the last second, like he was able to get to the basket and get it up off of the backboard, it just didn't go in. But um, yeah, I think the the biggest part of any coach is identifying who your best player is and finding ways to get him the ball all the time. Yeah, I'm convinced. Um, Ingram has some type of something on the coach and he's using that to blackmail him. Like we believe with Archie. Like how <laughs> yeah, like like uh, Archie. <laughs> Archie last year in Boiling. How is he getting minutes? <laughs> he had some compromising <laughs> photos. I gotta tell you, I've been thinking about like all time players who I would love to th- to um, see paired up with with Levine, I keep coming back to Steph Curry. I, I don't <laughs> think that would be fair. But wouldn't that be an awesome pairing, though? Like, who do you guard? Yeah, it would. Who do you take away? I mean. <laughs> You can pretty much say an uh, awesome pairing with Stefan. Yeah. Pretty much anybody. Because we, we had this last discussion. Um, it was the last time we recorded, like, really looking at players and evaluating if they are as good as we think they are. 
And like I brought up uh, Clay Thompson, who I, I find to be a good player, but it's like, do the stats really show that he's one of the all-time great players? But yeah, I kept thinking, man, yeah. if Steph were only in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> that would like prolong his career like an extra three years, right? Playing next to Levine. Yeah, you would think. I mean, you know, Clay, you gotta see how he comes back from these injuries. Um you know, it's it, it's always two ways. It can go, and I think the Bulls uh, nation would pretty much understand that you it can turn out like Derrick Rose, where you can never fully recover who you were, or you can turn out like Zach Levine and you know be good as new, yeah, better than new. Then I had some bad thoughts. I was like, okay. Did I um? Do I need to revisit my opinion of some Bulls players from the past? Where's this going? <laughs> I don't know if I want to say it to anybody because I think a whole bunch of people will like find me in, in Florida with uh, pitchforks. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't need that in my future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't think you want to invoke him. <laughs> Pretty much put a kibosh to our uh platform that we're using right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so moving forward, like are we like happy about these wins? Like, as far as it's saying that the Bulls are headed in the right direction, or is this just, like, you know, uh, putting some makeup on a on an ugly girl? Like, <laughs> like yeah, improve, but it's not, I'm... like, you're not fooling anybody. I mean, <laughs> hey, a win is a win. <laughs> I mean, what we we beat OKC last night by what twenty one. Um, we should have beat them that first game, and you know they blew that. That was one of the worst losses of the season. Um, you know they had a lead and they lost it again, but they were able to, you know, get things back on track and put them away how they should have um you know i, I was i was kind of getting pissed off at, at them losing this lead again and then you know thadrick johnson turned the clock back and it, that dunk it, it just got me right back it's, in it, it like, did okay. seem like that dunk kind of woke some people up because i was looking at that and immediately before he even made that dunk as i was watching the, the game as it was going along, I was thinking, they're going to lose this game. They are going to lose <laughs> this game. Like, I didn't want to, like, just give up hope because I saw what they were doing to that team in the first quarter. But I was like, man, this this does not look good whatsoever. 
<laughs> right. And then, you know, Thad just comes through and dunks it, and you're like, let's go, Bulls. <laughs> I think that got everybody on the team energized, and they they put that team away. It is kind of like I, I look at, like, OKC, and, you know, they were playing a bunch of guys who were not anywhere close to the – like starting lineup capacity. And I look at that OKC team and like people have, you know, said that, oh, they're just going to be terrible, but they've won 17 games this year. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, do I look at that as a positive win, even though they were down starters or do I say, okay, look, they were down starters and you guys almost lost the game in the second quarter. Because if, if OKC comes out and, like, has, like, the Bulls, like, has, like, a slight lead on the Bulls going into the third quarter, and then OKC, like, goes on a run, do you think that the Bulls pull that game out? Um, The way that Zach possible, is shooting yeah. is possible. But it's, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, if this were a little bit close heading into the third quarter... I don't know. Like it seemed like it could have gone any either way. Hey, it's a W. I will take that. <laughs> yes, it is a W. So I guess we will have to like just look forward to the positives. <laughs> that that get us, um, you know, back into the play in contention because we had dropped out of that, <laughs> With that horrible loss to Philly and then Miami. Yeah, I mean that that was an, but, that should have been a wake up call for a lot of people, not just um the management but the players themselves like with the effort that they put up against that Philadelphia team, it just felt like they were outmatched, like outclassed by a team that was missing its best two players. I mean, you you they are without an MVP candidate and maybe the best I want to say best defender in the league possibly with Ben Simmons. Ooh. Um, I'd say he's in that contention. So, like, yeah, that was pretty disappointing. And then, like, you look at Miami bouncing out there with Kelly Ulenek as your starting center. No Bam out of Bayou. And then, like, just watching where Wendell was at in that game, it was, like, truly disappointing. It oh, was just man. so disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's why I get benched. <laughs> like, who backs up Olenek? Because it wasn't even Myers that backed up Olenek. No, it isn't that. And the haters ship him out. So, definitely. Yeah, like, who's the backup Myers. center in that game? Man, uh. And then Duncan Robinson, it just felt like he could get his shot off of 
of, of Wendell anytime he wanted to. Um, and, you know, people were just driving to the basket on them like crazy. I'm just like, uh, it was a disappointing effort. But I'm glad they found the right person to pin it on because it was Carter. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and, yeah, we, we've had two straight wins after sending Wendell to the bench. Um, no, Wendell has looked better coming off of the bench. He seems to be more comfortable and more aggressive coming in with the second unit, which, you know, kind of tells that he is a bench Yeah. Player. Like, if you're more comfortable coming off the bench, like being one of the top guys off the bench in the rotation, that's just really telling to me. And, like, it's funny. Like, it's nothing. He didn't. It's not like he was, like, just, you know, overpowering guys on that second unit. He was do, just basically doing rudimentary skills that he, that any big man should have. And the ball was going in, but he was doing it against the sec, like the backups of the backups, like we talked about before. It's not like he was just dominating down low, or he was just, you know, he was just doing the the basic things that you expect for him to be able to do: run the floor, grab rebounds, and provide some type of defense, get some block shots in there. It's not like his performances were just you know, so dramatic. It was just like, why can't you score nine points and get nine rebounds as a starter? Like that, like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like if you're nine, if you're six foot 10 or six foot nine, you should be able to get eight or nine rebounds per game just off of that, right? Like that shouldn't be that far-fetched of a stat that you should hold. Like, am I crazy? If you're that big, you should be able to gra- grab rebounds. Uh, yeah, you definitely should. But just, you know, he... Oh, God. Can you hear the frustration in my voice? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I didn't want to be those that guy who was, like, over Carter last year because of the situation that he was in with Boylan, but... Even with Boylan, I was like, there's no way that I understand how bad of a coach that Boylan was, was, but you can't tell me. He was like, hey, Wendell, when you grab the ball in the paint uh, two feet away from the basket, throw it out to a perimeter player so that we can get a better shot from the perimeter. I find that hard to believe that those would have been his instructions. You know what? I would not put that. I wouldn't put it past him either, (laughs) but for the mere point that he's still doing that same thing with having um, Donovan as his head coach, like not looking for his pass, just, Hey, I got the rebound. Now I got to get it out of my hands because I'm incapable of doing anything offensively on my own. <laughs> Until he came off the bench, and now all of a sudden he's looking for a shot. He's you no know, shooting hook shots. Um, 
last night he had sealed his man and you know hit the turnaround hook shot and and, and Stacy King's like there you go like where's this been yeah because it's it's a skill that like I don't want to say like this player is on the same level as Wendell I think this player is actually proven to be much better than Wendell but it's like Tristan Thompson does those things you know it's it's really not as hard to come up with that skill set of I'm going to run the floor I'm going to find my position if a guy actually is overplaying me on the um on the front then I'm going to come back quickly establish position seal off a guy and try to get an easy bucket like I don't think that those are difficult tasks to do on a regular basis. And I'm like, people have like, oh, they, again, they need a point guard to do that. But no, you, you need to be like an above average player to realize that when you have a smaller guy on you, that's exactly what you should be doing. Like I noticed like Lori has caught on to it for the majority of the year. But Wendell, it's like, oh, I got a smaller guy on me. Let me um, pass it back out to you guys, and you guys go do your thing, and I'll try to get a rebound. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, it, it was a game, and they had a mismatch, and Wendell had the smaller guy on him. Garrett Temple had the ball. Um, you know, Garrett Temple he decided to drive on the big guy because Wendell was not posting up the smaller man. He wasn't calling for the ball. And you know, after the play, he told him, he's like, you have the smaller guy on you. You have to demand the ball. Yeah. Play big. And, you know, Wendell, I mean, he's, he's undersized for a center, but he does not try to play bigger than what he yeah, is. I understand he's undersized for a center, but let's like do this. Have you seen Thad get his shot blocked? <laughs> like, have you seen his hook shot get blocked by anybody recently? No, because if you properly no. position your body, if you're six foot eight and a half and above, you can still get a shot off over bigger guys. I don't know what kind of skill set like he had coming into Duke. I knew that he was playing next to Marvin Bagley, who was like playing lights out. And the Bulls didn't have a chance to get him. And frankly, Marvin Bagley hasn't really done that much in the NBA since he's been in the league. But still, if you are six foot eight and a half and above, you can get off of a hook a hook shot if you learn how to properly seal your man in the post. It's not as difficult as people make it out to be. No. Uh, you know, unless you're Wendell. <laughs> until you, until you then all of a sudden you wake up and you're, you're magically able to do it. So yeah, like it's it is disappointing. Yeah. Like I'm glad that he feels comfortable coming off the bench. I'm disappointed that he's thriving as a guy who comes off the bench when these these are the same things that they just wanted him to do as a starter that he couldn't do. 
even if he was playing out of position, like it's just unreal to me that they can't even play a pick and roll game with him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see what's going on with, you know, if, if they can find something, if they're going to try to move him, or if they just see him as our bench center, if he should be just be the second unit center. I mean, we're not going to have Polisi on Yeah, that is true. So. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, like, if Wendell comes off the bench and that's just the role that he's going to be in, that would be fine if, like, we had a really capable superstar-level talent at center that could – um. it doesn't even have to be superstar. It just has to be a guy out there who could knock down open shots and grab rebounds. Like, I, I don't think that that's really that difficult to do, but – you know, obviously, Wendell is not that guy who is going to be fulfilling those needs for the the Bulls team in the future. So, no, it doesn't look like it. And the Bulls have a game tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, another team I don't think really has. No. Much of a center. And I don't think DeMar DeRozan is playing because he's been out for personal reasons. I think um, they're trading Aldrich, so I think they decided to move on. I'm not sure if he's No, I don't believe Aldridge is going to be playing. I think that they're sitting him. I think that they've already had that conversation with him that they're planning on moving forward without him. Like a mutual parting of the ways, not like, hey, you're not good enough to play on this team because, like, look at what the who else does San Antonio have on their team. Right. So there should be another game where Wendell comes off the bench <laughs> and is pretty effective. I just, I can't believe we're at this point with him where we are Rooting for pretty effective. Like that's what <laughs> we're settling on. Oh man, the uh, funny thing, Zach uh, posted a picture last night um, on Instagram, like he usually does, you know, saying "good team win," and Demonte Murray from the Spurs comments on it and tells him. No, uh, take the next game off. Take it off the rest. <laughs> like, you, you see this continued where NBA players are, you know, recognizing the type of player that Zachy is, but now, you know, DeMonte Murray just did not want to play against Zach Levine tonight, but I don't no. think he's going to get dead wish. But you know, has Levine like missed a game this year? I don't, I don't think he has. Um, I don't think so. I do not Which is think pretty, he like, is. Amazing, considering like in this year, you know, everything is moving by so quickly, and like with the Bulls' schedule coming up, they're going to be playing like a lot of 
two and three games like in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, pretty much how I think everybody has to kind of play like that um, with these remainder games, how they've been structured because of the pandemic. Yeah. But uh, this is once again a game that the Bulls should win. <laughs> yeah, it's the funny thing about these games. Like the only game that really should have been close should have been um, that game versus the Heat, just because that team has played together like for a long time. Like that, the way that team is structured. Like if you have Goran Dragic coming off the bench, you know that. That's pretty amazing that you like, you know, that guy's a starter in the league. Um, so like I was expecting that game to be close. I was not expecting the Bulls to get blown out by Philadelphia when they're playing at home. No. And that that's another thing to consider. Like these points that are being put up, you know, like guys are having these years and like they're doing it without having to face any type of crowd or any type of, you know, just adversity from like a really loud crowd that is rooting against you. That is what has been telling with Wendell Carter. Cause like, what pressure do you have on you to perform the opposing <laughs> coaching staff? Like there's nobody at these games. <laughs> Yes. And then they've been home games at best. Coming off the bench, comfortable coming off the bench. <laughs> How more, much more comfortable do you have to be in playing in front of an empty arena? I mean, you know, some guys say they, they miss the fans and they need that there. They need, um, you know, they need... I guess the, the kind of prove a point against the heckling crowd or something like that. Yeah, I don't think that Carter is one of those guys. <laughs> I think if there was going to be any time time to shine, really, like this would be the time right now. Not when you're playing against an in an empty gym like that's. It's kind of crazy. So the Bulls can make it three in a row with this new starting lineup. Well, considering that the Spurs don't have their two best players playing and the rest of the team is pretty much garbage. Um, <laughs> like the Spurs don't have anybody that they can rely on to put up a big game versus the Bulls team. They just don't. Um, yeah, it should be a win. It shouldn't be even be a close win. It, it just, it's, this is, this is a statement game that you should be making just like they made with the, um, the, um, 
thunder last night. Like this is a statement game. The Bulls need to come out there, put this team away early so that they can move on to the next game. Will they do it? I don't know. Hopefully they do because the next game will be Friday and it's going to be where they'll actually be tested by a team uh, that's, you know, not garbage um, in the Denver Nuggets. Oh, man. <laughs> um, when they will be coming off the bench and really want to contend with Jokic. Yeah, that's, oh, man. Um, I don't know what to say about that one. And it's going to be on the road, right? Yeah, that Bulls yeah, need to come my way with the win tonight. Let's just say that. They got to win tonight. <laughs> got Detroit on Sunday and Utah. Yeah, see, like, even that Detroit game is not like. It's not a game where you can say, oh, they're just going to come out and win easily. Because Detroit, even though they've been losing, they, they've been competing very hard. Yeah. And Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I don't is, know what's gotten into him. He's been playing great. Except for the <laughs> fact that, you know, if you're not playing in a, an arena that has a lot of people in it, Jeremy Grant is what <laughs> Wendell Carter should be doing right now. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Like he should be averaging close to 20 points a game. Uh, no arena. He's a young guy. You on that. He should be running centers up and down that court all the time. Can you hear the frustration in my voice? <laughs> we have to rename the show uh, nothing but Wendell Best <laughs> we'd love to have you on the show Wendell <laughs> oh man um, <laughs> you want to give any final thoughts on Wendell before we get out of here um well, I haven't gotten you to come over to the side where that um, Andre Drummond is better than Wendell Carter. But, you know, I'm hoping that he continues to bring some energy off the bench. I, I've, and for the record, I've never said sure. that Drummond was that better than Wendell I feel like that's what you've been saying whenever I mention Andre Drummond. <laughs> like schematically, I don't see. Drummond I feel that that's what you were trying to put come across as saying. So, like, like a woman, I'm I'm going whatever I feel is true. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one if my wife listens to that. <laughs> Oh boy. Thank you, Wendell. Thank you for getting me in trouble. (laughs) 
agree. Honestly, we we hope Wendell, you know, pulls it together. Maybe, maybe him coming off the bench and going against the lesser guys, you know, gets his confidence up and he's able to move back to the start. Yeah, maybe line. I'll Who win knows? like uh, a March um, Madness bracket. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be ha- happening, but if it does. That's a win for me. <laughs> Man, I got to stop this. If he ever agrees to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would I even be able to explain myself? <laughs> on that note, I think we're just going to go ahead and, you know, <laughs> Tell the people where you can be reached on uh, He said what sports? <laughs> you can follow me, Eddie Young Jordan. <laughs> and you can follow the podcast, Twitter, Bull Nothing, no T-H-I-N. Um, No, until the next time, we hope that the Bulls will... Uh, you know, play how they played last game with teams that matter and you know when they'll continue to find his confidence. <laughs> um you know you anytime you tune in we'll be talking about nothing but bull. Uh <laughs> can't promise you no more Wendell bashing, but hey, we'll see how to go. <laughs> Until the next time. Take it easy, Bulls fans. Tennis game over, the horn blows.